With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of automobiles, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other things, you know, like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? At rockauto.com, you will save money. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Still paying hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Let's change that. At Zenni.com, our factory direct model means no middlemen or outrageous markups. Just the same quality frames and lens options as the other guys for one-tenth the price. Zenni offers prescription glasses starting at $6.95, as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit Zenni.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever. Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris was praising uh, Jacob Blake and his dad yesterday, which was a little bizarre, but forget all that. Forget all that. Let's focus on the shoes. That's what the Washington Post is doing. Focus on the shoes she was wearing. Chuck Taylor's. Wasn't it wonderful? Kamala Harris, a badass, wearing her Chuck Taylor sneakers. Uh, we'll get into all that today. We will uh, read you the story and play you the sound. And also, Colin Kaepernick is back in uniform, back on the football field. Well, not really. We know that'll never happen. But he's he's in Madden, and he's given the Black Power salute, and it's just wonderful to see St. Colin back on the football field. We'll get into all that with, uh, with our guy Tom Shattuck today on the Callahan Podcast, which is presented, as always, by DCU. Digital Federal Credit Union, you'll love your car, but hate your car payment, no problem. Refinance your car today with DCU, and they could help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy, and their loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high-rate loan and get in, get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance. Assured by NCUA, membership required. Okay, Colin, let's go. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. Well, if the polls are correct, uh, and God, I pray they're not, but if the polls are correct, we're looking at the 47th president uh, yesterday, Kamala Harris, and she called, she was talking about uh, George Floyd, uh, Jacob Floyd's, Jacob Blake's family. She called him an incredible family and said she was proud of Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake, who's an accused rapist, who, uh, uh, Last we saw before, you know, his running with the police, been accused of sexually assaulting a woman in front of her child, really vile, in a really vile way. He stole her car, 
He stole her key, keys in her car and her debit card. Then he put his own children in danger. Then he resisted arrest. And then he reached for a knife. And then he got shot. That guy, who's 29 years old, uh, she's very proud of him. Very, very proud of him. Also, she thinks it's an incredible family. I don't know how many people are aware of this family, but his father, Jacob Blake Sr., is a really, he really, really hates Jews. Really hates Jews. I mean, he's on the record. He's a Farrakhan guy and hates Jews. I'm not sure what makes them incredible, but forget all that. Forget all that. The big news yesterday is Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris wore sneakers. I'm not kidding. I just Googled Kamala, and the number one story that pops up for Kamala Harris yesterday is her choice of footwear uh, which happens to be uh, sneakers. She's wearing uh, Chuck Taylors uh, and um, um, Rex Chapman, among others, was very impressed. He said it makes her a badass that she's wearing Chuck Taylors. So I don't know. Do you, do you feel that way, um, Shattuck? Do you feel like the next uh, president? Well, not the next president. Biden will be president for a month or two. And then Kamala will be president. She's wearing Chuck Taylors. Big news to you or no? Of course it is. I mean, those are putting you, I think, in uncomfortable spaces, which is important because, as it says here in The Guardian, sneakers are a form of footwear finding their way into many women's closets as part of a larger challenge to outmoded <laughs> concepts of femininity. What? Say that again. Sneakers are finding their way? Yes, into many women's closets as part of a larger challenge to outmoded concepts of femininity. Uh, so this uh, is a new on, thing. Like on. sneakers are, it's a new thing that they're finding their way. Hold to. on, you guys are both married, correct? You guys yes. have uh, w women right there in the house with you right now. I mean, you can go check if you're not sure. But do your wives have sneakers yes. in the closet, or they yeah. did they just find their way? <laughs> well, my wife, I didn't really think of it this way, but she recently got a new pair of Chuck Taylors, and they no, oh yes, yes, and now I know that she's really she means business now. Wow, she's yeah. a badass. Yeah, I, I would guess in uh, my wife's closet's not far from me. I could go count. She probably has twenty pairs of sneakers in there. Uh, they didn't just find their way in there; they've been in there for for years so, since I've known her. I mean, <laughs> who who thinks? Well, that uh, sneakers are just finding their way into women's clothes. Kamala Harris has invented this, just like uh, Donald Trump invented the photo op. It's, oh, this right. article goes on to say the sneakers are acting as the sartorial equivalent of being willing to roll up her sleeves. They suggest Harris is, quote, a woman of action. How Boston um, Globe is that, by the way? How is this not in the Globe? And they're absolutely... Uh, it's not. Are you sure? You could check. I don't have the. I don't have a subscription, so I can't check. But I'm. I'm. I guess it's in there because I mean, let's be honest. There's a. I'm looking at the photo in the. Uh, is it the post? Uh, yeah, the post where she's posing like on a stool, and you can see her badass Chuck Taylors. Uh, this is a bigger story. I'm serious. I just the first story I get. Hell, the first three stories I get when I Google her, no mention of her praise of an accused rapist, a violent felon, uh, or his anti-Semitic father. Uh, I, I I don't think she's dumb. You know, she's not senile, obviously. She's only 55 years old. She's not uh, in cognitive decline like another candidate in this race. But that is one of the dumbest things. This is a prosecutor, a DA, an attorney. This is a supposedly a badass prosecutor. And she couldn't take the time to maybe review the police report. Well, let me actually let me play the video because we haven't played it yet, and it's it's only dumb if she's not wearing Chuck Chuck Taylor. <laughs> That's true. She's wearing Chuck Taylor is a whole different story. Hold on. Senator, how was your meeting with the Blake family today? Let's have, let's have really, um, 
wonderful. I mean, they're an incredible family. And, and what they've endured, and they just do it with such dignity and grace. And, you know, they're carrying the weight of a lot of voices on their shoulders. And what was the message that you Thank shared you. with him and, and his, his family? Just to, one, to express concern for their, you know, well-being, and, of course, for their brother and their son's well-being, um, and to let them know that they have support. Okay, uh, I got a quick question. For, before, you know, she's mumbling into her mask. It barely here. I don't know what that good that does, but really, dignity, a lot of dignity and grass, a lot of class, and all that about the Blake family. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, the top of the ticket, Joe Biden, also met with the uh, Blake family. Yes. Did either of them even mention the victim? Did either of them mention the woman who was terrorized by this uh, felon? Well, uh, in front of her children. Any of I mean, is there any concern for her? It is a this is a good question, by the way. They're glorifying a, a really bad guy. Now, uh, it, it's too bad he's uh, he's still in the hospital and apparently paralyzed from the waist down. That's his fault. That's his fault. He resisted arrest. He reached for a knife. Um, they're still investigating. We will we'll not know when or if they will drop charges against the cops. But when they do, of course, we'll know. We'll be able to see. We'll see the fires. We'll see the rioting. And as you know, uh, Kamala and Biden will, will say it's a disgrace that the uh, that the cops aren't charged with first degree murder. Um, but there's no they don't even think for a moment about even asking. I hope the woman, the victim is OK. You know, there's not even a, a yeah. Thought. No, the victim, she just wore normal flat shoes, Jerry. Oh, so, geez. no, but Kamala sneakers are acting as a sartorial equivalent of being willing to roll up her sleeves. So I think that's really <laughs> what's important. And it would behoove that uh, supposed victim to uh, get some chucks as well. That, that's uh, um, I'm looking at some of the comments on the Facebook and someone points out there. They're $65 shoes that used to be cost like 10 bucks. When I was a kid, I wore Chuck Taylor's, you know, playing basketball. They were, you know. That's how old I am, and and hey, my father did too. But they mainly because they were uh, readily available and they were cheap. You know, they weren't all leather. But now they're what are they? Sartorial. Now they're sartorial, so you can uh, so you can drop you know seventy five, eighty bucks on them. And you watch your preview too. Is that when uh, when Colleen just played that video? They they pan down to her sneakers. That's a good so- point. Yes, the press is already trained. Oh wow, isn't this marvelous? Look at those sneakers. And is- and and again, I googled it. The lead story in the Washington Post is not about her praise of this despicable family. Uh, I, actually, it's not despicable family. I don't know about the rest of them. I just know Jacob Blake Senior and Jacob Blake Junior are bad guys. Bad, too bad what happened mm-hmm. to Jacob Blake Junior. But you're going to meet with a guy, a Farrakhan disciple who is on record is calling the devils, um, the Jews uh, devils and every other, uh, every other pejorative you could imagine. I mean, he, he's not even hiding it. He's he look at his Facebook posts. I, I think they're still up there. I mean, they'll, yes, they'll- no, he was reveling in the, um, in the massacre in Pittsburgh on all over his Facebook wall, you know, it's just celebrating it. And, you know, people should go in and read the New York post uh, account of what this guy did of what Blake did to, the victim. I mean, he brutalized her, sexually brutalized her while a kid was there on purpose to put on this performance. He's a sick bastard. This guy is a, is, is absolute garbage. And it's remarkable, remarkable that people are so quickly willing to canonize somebody who was seemingly, you know, shot or, or, you know, indiscriminately hunted by police. 
no matter who they are, no matter who they are. This guy, he assaulted a woman of color, by the way. <laughs> right. what, what happened to all the identity when, you know, when it fits perfectly into a story? This is, I mean, obviously the Me Too movement was a joke from the beginning. The people who were uh, uh, and most strongly, the, the, the loudest voices were in the tank for Harvey Weinstein and others. Uh, we know that most of them, many of them are hypocrites. Not Rose McGowan. She's, she's, she's consistent. But, you know, Alyssa Milano and the rest of them are full of crap. You know, uh, with a Meryl Streep and, and Michelle Obama are all on record saying how wonderful Harvey Weinstein is when they knew what kind of monster he was. But honestly, if the first, you know, the, potentially the first female president is praising a guy and everybody knows what that guy did uh, and completely ignoring the woman, I mean, I think we could assume or we could conclude that the Me Too movement is officially dead. What's the next woman going to think when she sees this, when she sees a a a violent predator canonized by potentially, you know, uh, a, a presidential candidate and certainly mm -hmm. who will be vice president if the polls hold true and hopefully they are. But she'll be president. She'll be vice president. Then she'll be president. And she's praising a guy when everybody knows what he did to the victim in well, this case. Is she, is she sitting there going, I should have never called the cops? I mean, look at the, I mean, look, they've turned him into a hero. He's going to make a fortune. He's going to be, uh, you know, probably be visiting the, the president, next president in the Oval Office. I mean, this guy is a horrible man, <laughs> a horrible human being. And they've elevated him. And they do it so cavalierly. Yeah, he's a one. He's a great guy. Um, I told him I'm proud of him. She said she is proud of Jacob Blake. I mean, you know what? I'll give. I'm going to give her credit on this one, Jerry, because she is so vacuous, and she usually just will say whatever it takes to make it out of a room safely, politically right. intact. But at least with this, she she puts her money where her mouth is because she did fundraise for the bail fund as well. So That's not only true. is she praising rapists, alleged rapists. Um, you know, out in front of people, but they're raising money to put them back on the streets to go rape again. And, you know, in Massachusetts, we just we just wrote about this last year. Obviously, Wendy Murphy is all over this stuff. But this guy who went around, raped a handful of young college girls around the Charles River, bang, out on the streets, released. You know, it, the, the system works for you. If you're a rapist, move to a liberal town. Look they at, accommodate you. I mean, there's examples in Minneapolis, the Minneapolis Freedom Fund. And we certainly covered this back, you know, months and months ago, uh, after uh, after uh, George Floyd, um, they the, the celebrities. I was I was all over Steve Carell and uh, Justin Timberlake and all these celebrities gave real money, big Ellie, money. Ellie Schnitt from Barstool. Ellie Schnitt, oh, Barstool, right, a bunch of Barstool people kicked in to bail out, and they love to say though this is for peaceful protesters. Stop and think of the the lack of logic they're using. Peaceful protesters weren't getting arrested. They don't need bail. The guys who need bail. <laughs> Are burning AutoZone. They're burning the police station. Are looting. Are, are are attacking people. They need bail. And some of the bail on the on the guys who went out and killed. I believe the uh, that that guy Reinhold, whatever his name is, he got bailed out. Right, he got caught with a gun. Mm -hmm. um, but that that was Portland, so they don't really have bail. But Minneapolis, some of the bail were like fifty grand, seventy five grand. And these idiots like Carell, who don't give a damn about the victims, like Timberlake, like Ellie Schnitt, they proudly donated their money. They bailed these people out. These people are, are hardened criminals who went out and burned and looted and killed again. 
And there's no price to pay. I'm just hoping, I mean, obviously there's no coverage in the mainstream media. They want you to ignore that. But I'm hoping Trump's team, who are pretty good at this, they've already put together some ads uh, with the you know civil unrest and saying this is Joe Biden's America. I hope they add that, that Joe Biden, 13 people on Biden's staff donated to the Minneapolis Freedom Fund. Kamala Harris tweeted asking people to send money to bail out looters, rioters. I think it's the best issue uh, so far for Trump until the vaccine. Uh, this is the best issue for Trump. And it's um, I, the thing I like, and I'm, I'm serious about this, Tom, you, you, see if you agree with this. We all know that, Trump, that Biden's campaign, that the media is just part of it's kind of like the media wing of Biden's campaign. We all know the mainstream media, CNN, Washington Post, Boston Globe are all in the tank for Biden. But the difference, and, and they normally are for the Democrats. God knows they were fluffing the, the Obamas for eight years. The difference here is they're not even trying to hide it. It's not even subtle. I mean, when the Washington Post leads stories about Kamala's sneakers, they're not even trying to pretend they're objective anymore. And I know you, you're a big media critic, uh, just like like I am. You, you like, you're kind of a... Uh, a student of this kind of media bias, but I'm going to tell you when, when Joe Biden, when the Atlantic story came out, um, I don't know how you, what your initial reaction was. The Atlantic story with all the made up quotes from Trump talking about the military, uh, four anonymous sources, completely made up, uh, uh, just an obvious political hit job from a left wing rag run by Steve owned by Steve Jobs, ex-wife, who's a hardcore Democrat, run by Jeffrey Goldberg, a hardcore Democrat partisan. They got to try harder. This was so obvious that nobody really cared. I mean, obviously, you know, Biden jumped on and pretended it was true. And so did, you know, all his uh, supporters in the media. But did you think for a second this was going to be a uh, this was going to do damage to Trump when you heard and read this story? Um. I did for a moment because the coordination was so so, so, um, so so kind of solid and widespread. So the Atlantic, the Atlantic, you know, popped the story, and then the reporter asked Biden the first question. At the same time, then immediately there's a video of of people, families of of soldiers. It's an ad. The Biden team was ready with an ad. <laughs> right, right, where they talked to families. And then immediately the New York Times then covered that as big breaking news out of nowhere, as if it didn't know about it until it happened. It was hugely coordinated. Then they started covering each other. The media organizations covered each other and their own reactions to the story. So it was it was crazy. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the campaign after the Billy Bush tapes came out, where the Billy Bush tape comes out. Immediately, a woman says that 1980, before anybody knew who he was, Trump actually grabbed her by the bleep. And then a bunch of other women immediately are, are rolled out with Gloria Allred right. and others. It was, it was very similar, very similar. Choreographed. And he grabbed them all by the, you know what? It was uncanny that this guy, not only Trump was a guy who did that kind of thing, but he seemed to be one of the most prolific ra- rapists in U.S. history suddenly. And, and that's, that was days, how many days before the election? That was days before yep. the election. They sat on it. They had it. They knew they had it. They threw their guy, Billy Bush, under the bus. And I think the reason it didn't work is because it was, again, like you're right, so transparent. You save this till a couple of days. Again, Me Too's dead. If all you, if the only thing that the victims are good for 
is using them to attack Trump days before election, then you clearly don't really care about the victims. In this case, uh, the timing, obviously, it's a two-year-old story. So they're sitting on it. Or I don't know when they actually made up all the quotes, but say they made up the quotes you know, a month ago, two months ago, three, but they're sitting on it until the right time. And what happened was uh, Pelosi was in the news, big news, as showing how, how these people like her, these Democrats are such hypocrites, getting their hair cut, not wearing masks. We know all that. And the polls were shifting. Trump was having kind of a good week. They released a thing, I believe, on Friday before Labor Day, which is not ideal, but they felt like they had to stop the bleeding because their guy was on the ropes. There was a lot of Biden gaffes. Uh, there was you know, peace in the Middle East and all these new peace right. treaties. So they said, this is a good time to drop the bomb. They dropped the bomb. And 10 minutes later, the thing fell apart. And I'll tell you why. We're going to play the, 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 the question to Biden, the first question, which is just, I mean, it is hilarious. The coordination between the magazine, the Atlantic magazine, which, by the way, all you need to know about the Atlantic Magazine, they hired Jamel Hill. <laughs> they hired Jamel Hill, who was essentially fired from ESPN for calling Trump a white supremacist and for tanking in the ratings. But uh, I guess she writes for them. Um, shes I haven't really seen many pieces by her because she's such a lousy writer. Well, I'm sure. And Jeff Goldberg, by the way, is a lousy writer, too. But he hates Trump. That's all that matters. But um, here's how you know it's not real. It's not genuine. They're talking, it's two years old, they're talking about Trump in Europe, and he doesn't want to go visit the uh, military cemetery, and they pretend he doesn't want to go because they're all losers who died, and, you know, he doesn't like people who died or something. They're implying that it's kind of like the uh, the stupid thing he said about McCain. I don't like those guys. They, they got killed or something. That's the story. Four anonymous sources. We believe, you know, the, maybe John Kelly's one. Maybe there are other disgruntled generals. But tell me this, if you're going to uh, do this story, can you think of a guy who was there, who doesn't like Trump, who would talk to you, who's selling a book, who's uh, the latest Trump hater out there? And we know he really wants to push this book. Can you tell me why you wouldn't call John Bolton on the record and get his take? You're right. Well, because they know what he would say, because it's in the book. <laughs> Because he wouldn't back up this myth, this fiction, so they don't do the story. Now, that's mal that's journalist media malpractice mm -hmm. right there. I mean, it's so obvious that even if you're a liberal, even if you're hardcore Trump hater, you have to say, wait, why didn't you include John Bolton in this story? Why? If he was there and everyone and you know he hates Trump and you know he's selling a book, of course he would go on the record. But he doesn't support the story. He, he he hates Trump. He even came out and said it didn't happen. That's not what happened. Right. But it doesn't stop them from producing, uh, you know, uh, releasing the story and going on TV and going on all the networks on Sunday morning and saying, look, Trump hates the troops. It's just so ludicrous. You see Trump all the time. Maybe it's all political, but he goes out of his way to appear to be a fan of the military. Right. It, it's kind of his thing. Look at me. I love the military. I they make more money, I, 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 better benefits, veterans, VAs. I'm taking care of all of them. He says it every 10 minutes how much he loves the military. Does anyone believe he calls guys who died in World War II fighting Nazis, calls them losers? Does anyone believe that? No, right. And there's no doubt. It, that's why it's it went too far. The same thing with the Billy Bush tape. 
is you want to say that he's a cad or he's made passes at women. I think we all assume that he does that. That's half the reason why he's got all the money. But to to make him this monster, and I think this is what they did here, is that they tried to make him into a monster. And that distracts you from the the allegations and makes you look at the person alleging it and saying, what is it wrong with you that you would make that that allegation against him, that he's a sick monster? Because we know he likes the military. He loves the planes. He loves the tanks. He loves tank parades. He wanted a bigger one. They right. had to, one, they one had last to... year. They, they, everyone was killing him because he wanted to have a big military parade. Right. right. And by the way, since when is in the Vietnam era saying, Jesus, this war is for suckers. I'm out of here. Since when is that something that the left condemns? <laughs> Oliver Stone, Michael Moore, they all said it was a war for suckers. And, you know, if you were dumb, if you were drafted into that war, you were a hero. Jimmy Carter made sure you were a hero. If you welcome you back from Canada. Like, since when is that something that's so abhorrent? Both of these guys dodged the draft, I think it's fair to say. Biden yes. and Trump. Neither of them went right. in. It was something that was happening a lot back then. It's it's not an honorable thing, but geez, we're, we're used to it now. Remember Clinton was over in the Soviet Union during the war, for Christ's sake. Right. Well, as you know, the weather's been pretty good lately. That means uh, you get to go out and run. I've been going on my runs. I've been walking the dog, and I don't do any of it, any of those things, without my Raycon earbuds you know it's the best way to listen i listen to music on the weekends is my rule music on the weekends i listen to podcasts during the week and i do it all on my wireless earbuds from raycon i the, uh, i've said this before i'll say it again these sound great they look great they don't fall out and they don't cost a fortune this is the way to go if you want good sound at a good price raycon's newest model the everyday e25 earbuds are their best ones yet they get six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and more compact design, and a noise a noise isolating fit. Raycon earbuds are stylish and discreet. There's no dangling wires or stems, and as I said, they fit nicely. They stay in there when you're running the beach, or walking the dog, or running with the dog. The company Raycon was founded by Ray J, as you know, and celebrities like Mike Tyson and Snoop Dogg and uh, Melissa Etheridge. They love them. They swear by them. Give them a try. Raycon has a 45-day free return policy so you can make sure they're the pair of wireless earbuds for you. For a limited time, get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash Callahan. That's buyraycon.com slash Callahan for a special 15% discount on Raycon wireless earbuds. Make sure to check it out now while the deal's still running. Buyraycon.com slash Callahan. Here's what uh, people have to come uh, understand this. I, I came to this conclusion years ago during, uh, I don't know when it was, uh, uh, Bush, maybe because Bush lost to Clinton. Uh, people, they respect veterans. They certainly respect, you know, war heroes like George H.W. Bush, Bob Dole, mm -hmm. John McCain. They don't vote for them because they were war heroes. What they care about are the issues today. Your uh, your stance, your 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 platform today, and today the military knows Trump supports them. He dodged the draft in in the '60s, of course. He had five deferments, just like Biden. Uh, he had connections, just like Biden. They, they you know, that doesn't they don't uh, like that or uh, appreciate that, but they appreciate where he stands today. That's how. You know, that's why John Kerry lost, because John Kerry, you know, he was, we can get into that, but he wasn't a real, I mean, he went to Vietnam for one reason only, so he could uh, use it politically. He was there yeah. for, what, six weeks, 
but but there are war heroes again like Dole and McCain and George H.W. who lost to people like Clinton, you know, who uh, or or Obama who had no military record, but people didn't care that that McCain was a hero. Now, 40 years earlier, they care about what people say and do today. And today, the military loves Trump because he is—he loves them back. You know, he supports them. They don't care about the deferments. You're right. And he's willing to back them in ways that's politically incorrect now. And he has no time. He doesn't have any t- time for, like, you know, the, the, these, um, these regulatory LGBT, um, these you know, flourishes, et cetera. He's taken them all out. It, it hasn't, it's not, it hasn't been a step back for, for gay rights or anything like that, but he has no time for the BS. And he, they have a defender in Trump that they would never have in any other president right. ever. And you saw, if you watched Tucker last night, you know, you had this guy on talking about all the crit- critical race theory that's been happening in the military. It's, it's amazing. It's got Ru- Christopher Rufo who's changing, you know, he's uh, changing the way the federal government does business. He's <clears throat> exposing this critical race theory. It's it's kind of uh, complicated. I don't really want to get into it, but right. no no one else would have done what Trump did. Immediately saw the guy, saw the report, said this is nuts. The military and all these federal government are sending like white guys to to camps, you know, to reprogram them yes. and, and and remind them that they're all racist and America's evil. And Trump said, immediately, we're putting an end to that. And if you read in, read it, read up on it, you can't help but appreciate uh, that action that because it's bold and it's and, and, you know, he's doing this knowing that the usual crazies on the left will say it's racist. Yes. To, in, you know, in 2020, that move is culturally blasphemous to do. But Trump did it. He doesn't care. He does not have that nerve that that bends to, you know, these different cultural movements or the, the woke bullyism. Trump, he doesn't care. He doesn't he has no time for that stuff. He's missing that, which is fantastic that he is. Um, and people, it means something to people. You know, and you talk about the suburban mothers, suburban housewives who the vote that Trump needs to get, you know, they see this happening in the streets. And they know that Trump has no time. He's on the right side of this. He doesn't want to burn stuff. He doesn't want to, you know, have the cops get a brick in the head. And mm-hmm. more and more people, I think, are saying, wait a second, this this other team essentially will just be an appendage. Biden, Biden and Harris will just be an appendage of the this woke revolution and will not be able to counter it. They'll be owned they, by it. Be- can, behind the scenes, Biden and uh, Harris and, and all their all their acolytes and all their supporters and all the Jeff Zuckers out there and Don Lemons and, you know, all the Washington Post guys have to be worried that the rioting just isn't going to stop. You know, they're, they're, every day there's a new Trump ad. Now they're doing the best to cover cover up the story. You know, the, the Boston Globe, uh, as you know, uh, uh, they're, they're fighting for a new contract and they deserve it because they're on the front lines reporting. Actually, no, they're not on the front lines reporting the biggest story of the summer and that's the civil unrest, but they have to be worried that it's just not going to end. It's not going to go away. And every day you see, you know, Antifa guy or a black lives matter group going and storming a restaurant and stealing some old lady's drink. (laughs) That's another, that's another campaign ad for team Trump and it's not helping them. And it's not going to end for, for a couple of reasons. And you know, black lives matter, they don't care that the media and the Democrats are lying about them and saying, oh, yes. they, all they, you know, they don't care that Ayanna Presley says all they are doing is affirming the value of black lives. 
which is a lie. She knows it. They know it. They don't care. They're here to disrupt things. They're here to cause, uh, as John Lewis said, good trouble. You know, I'd say it's not not good, but they're here to cause trouble. And they don't care that it doesn't, it's not helping Biden. They are going to continue to disrupt things for the next two months. And Trump is going to continue to make commercials out of it, ads out of it. And the media will do their part. They'll try to cover it up and ignore it and say it's not really happening or say it's white supremacists. That's my favorite one when they came out. Like Don Lemon and the rest of these clowns say it's white supremacy. You're watching with your own two eyes. Right. As BLM storms a restaurant or trashes a McDonald's or Antifa sets a fire in the street and throws a brick at a cop. And then you look at it, CNN and they're saying, oh, those darn white supremacists, the down clan, they're up to it. They're up to it. No good again. That's right. I want to get back. I want to get back to this uh, uh, this um, Biden Atlantic story because it's not just transparent and obviously uh, fake news and obviously contrived and, and, and choreographed. It's funny. This is downright funny. We have the sound. Uh, just so you know, the press uh, the story broke Friday. All the made up anonymous sources, no corroboration. In fact, all the people who put their names to it and. Um, agreed to talk on the record, refuted the story, Yes, uh, said it didn't happen. You know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders and uh, and uh, John Kelly's assistant and Bolton all said did not happen. Didn't stop Atlantic, that bastion of journalistic integrity from running with the story. But not only does Atlantic do its part for the campaign and write this hit piece on Trump, but then they go to the press conference that Biden held I believe Saturday, am I correct on the time? Saturday, Biden holds a press conference. And this is the first, try to get through this without laughing, the first question at a press conference, by the way, which Biden doesn't do very often. You can ask a lot of things about, you know, defunding the police or his mask mandate or, you know, his son Hunter. You could ask a lot of good questions or his cognitive abilities. But the question that Atlantic gets to ask first to set the stage, I assume the Biden campaign wrote it for them, is about Trump's soul. And it's downright hilarious. Are you calling on people or how am I? I don't have a list. So you go ahead and call. Thank you, sir. Uh, This morning, in reference to that article in The Atlantic, in a call convened by your campaign, Kazir Khan said that uh, the comments demonstrated that President Trump's life is a testament to selfishness and that his soul is that of a coward. You've talked about this as a different view of how you see the job of president, but when you hear these remarks, suckers, losers, recoiling from amputees, what does it tell you about President Trump's soul and the life he leads? I'm gonna try to be uh, measured in my response. If it's true, and based on other things he said, I believe the article is true. I'd ask you all the rhetorical question. How do you feel? How would you feel if you had a kid in Afghanistan right now? How would you feel if you lost a son, daughter, husband, wife? How would you feel, for real? I know that's not your job to express that feeling, but you know. You know in your heart, you know in your gut, it's deplorable. It's deplorable. As I've said many times, I'll say again, 
These folks are the backbone of America. They're the heart, the soul, the grit. That's what patriotism is about. That, that, that's a press conference, not a campaign stop, right. a press conference where this weirdo from Atlantic sets it up about the soul of Trump. And and yet, you notice another thing, not only are they both reading from a script written by mm-hmm. Biden's handlers, Biden's looking down for the next line that he gets, looks down, sees the word deplorable, and then he gets up and it's like a campaign speech and nobody interrupts him. Compare that to any Trump press conference. If he answers a question and his answer is longer than 30 seconds, they start, you know, yelling out follow up questions. Oh, yeah. or, you know, why, you know, why do you hate America? And, and it's it's completely hostile from start to finish. And I, I you know, sometimes I like that. It's entertaining. They're all this is all one team. All the gathered yes. media, simple media and their candidate is all one team. And the thought when you're at a Trump press conference, the thought of the reporter, the first thought is, how can I make news? How can I get a charge out of the evil orange man. That's what they do. They try to get him to snap. Sometimes they succeed. You know, when they ask, you know, why do you, why do you lie so much? And, you know, how do you feel bad that all the people who you've killed from, uh, from the coronavirus or why are you such a racist by when you call it the China virus? Those are typical questions. Mm -hmm. Biden, it's, what does it say about Trump's soul? And he goes into a speech that's already been prepared and nobody interrupts. <laughs> and in this speech, he says, I said it many times and I'll say it again. And then he looks down and reads the <laughs> things that he's said many times. And he said again, you know, off the top of his head. And it, the, the, it's good that the, that the cut starts where it does, too, because Trump, because Biden's looking around. The, so you're going to pick out who to call? Which ones? Where is the Atlantic reporter? Before they go to the and the person doesn't even address the fact that they work for the publication, The Atlantic. And they, you know, he he starts and he says, like, I don't know if you saw the article in The Atlantic, you know, the one I fucking work for. I don't know. I don't know why he shouldn't have. He should have addressed that. I would By the think. Way, I think I think the first and the last question at this press conference, I shouldn't say that at this rally went to The Atlantic, a magazine that nobody reads. It's got no circulation. It's just part of the campaign. And then he starts. He He's thinking about going full Kirk Herb Street there. He's thinking about crying. You could see it. He starts, yes. is this when I should get choked up? Is this when I should get emotional? And he's thinking about bringing his son, you know, not Hunter, who got kicked out of the military for doing coke. He's thinking about bringing up his late son, Bo, who served in uh, combat, I believe. Uh, he doesn't go there just that moment because he's too busy, you know, talking about, you know, emotionally about the soul of the country and, you know, patriotism and, and all that. And they just wait dutifully. These trained seals in the Washington press corps just wait for him to finish his speech before they ask another question about, I don't know. I think the second question about is about Kamala's choice of footwear. And yes. you know, does it show that she's a badass because she's wearing Chuck Taylor's? That's a great press conference because the reporters all laid out the premise for him. You know, when President Trump didn't act on COVID early enough, did that prove that he was a complete son of a bitch? Or was it later when he told people literally, quote, to drink bleach? Was that when when he was more of an SOB? And that's how they would hand it to Biden as if that's a question. And all he had to do is sign off on this stuff. And, you know, if you look at um, that thing that we played with Kamala walking through and when they they showed her shoes for a moment after she had just visited the rapist in the family, um, you know, that's a press person who tells them to notice the shoes. 
He comes out and says, you know, Good she'll point. be out in about two minutes, guys. You should know something that you should check out her shoes. She's wearing chucks. And it says a lot about her and all about her campaign. It's kind <laughs> of, um, you know, it, it's kicking over the orthodoxy. So make sure she'll stand there so you can get a good shot. You know, it's the same way that um, that they did with Kerry when he was windsurfing in, in 2004. Right. They took everybody and took them out to a jetty and they said, no. He's going to be here in 30 seconds. Make sure you get him. He's going both ways. Well, the best one, Tom, the best one ever is when uh, the Clintons were on that uh, island, like in the Bahamas, and they had the cameraman. They told him, oh, they're about to dance, and they pretend to dance on the beach. Remember that? They slow danced on the beach. (laughs) And they get a picture and say, and it was like during, uh, you know, obviously uh, everything, everything's during uh, Clinton's affairs, but it was during Clinton's affairs and said, look, they're still in love. (laughs) It was just so. Again, just so transparent. I'm looking. I'm going to look to see what page the story about her sneakers appeared on the Washington Post. Again, I don't subscribe, so I can't tell what page it was on. But you uh, can but, hear at the end. What's going to happen? I, 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 I'm going to predict, and you know, I'm on a roll. My predictions. Uh, I predicted, you know, Colin Kaepernick would uh, get in the Hall of Fame. Look, he's he's almost in. <laughs> um, we'll get to Kaepernick, uh, but uh, I'm going to predict she's got a bunch of different colors of Chuck Taylors like different colors and she uh, will wear a different color and they'll say, Oh, how many pairs of those do you have? Uh, Kamala. And she'll say, Oh, I have like a different one for every day of the week. I just love them. And then you know, all the usual, you know, fluffers in the media will say, isn't she incredible? She wears Chuck Taylor's every day. Uh, but that's going to happen. We'll see. Um, yeah. Yeah. Here's another good one from your uh, for, uh, for your media bias of the day. And again, we don't have to make this stuff up every day. And this one is funny. This one we should get to Tucker. Uh, he just eviscerated Jeff Zucker and CNN and exposed them for uh, camp, uh, working with Michael Cohen, you know, to, to hurt the president. He's got some tapes, some secret tapes, which are great. He had Zucker last night. He's got Chris Cuomo again tonight. I'm looking forward to it. But CNN aired a photo. Again, everything they do is designed to help the Biden campaign. They have a photo of Joe Biden, a young Joe Biden with one of his sons. They don't even say which. It's either Bo or Hunter. Uh, I assume it's Hunter because it's if it were Bo, they would have said it's Bo. If it's Hunter, they try to keep that name out. They got a rule. No mentioning Hunter. But anyway, he's young. He's like, you can get this, Cullinane. It's He's probably three years old, four years old. And get this, Shattuck. It's cold. He's at a football game, and guess what he's wearing? Sneakers? A Redskins cap. Uh, Red oh. sk- I'm sorry, a Washington football team hat. <laughs> Good. So you're CNN, you're Jeff Zucker, your whole mindset, your whole thought process, how do we help Joe Biden? What do you do when you have this wonderful family photo of Joe Biden hugging, holding his sleepy son? at a football game and the hat, which is you no know, way they didn't guess what they did. The, uh, <laughs> they pulled, Bruins. They pulled, no. Yes. They pulled that Matt. Uh, what's his name? Matt Chamura. And they Photoshopped the logo with the, with the name Redskins in the, in the, in, the, in this <laughs> emblem there, they Photoshopped it out of the picture. Which That's is, fantastic. Can you, I mean, honest to God, you think of the thought process there. You're going, Okay, he's got a Redskins cap. What do we do? Well, <laughs> why would anybody care? It was literally 40 years ago, <laughs> 40 years ago, and people wore Redskins gear in Washington. Kids. Yeah. 
I mean, they're probably looking at this going, it's an innocent child. And that, and that logo, that's like, you know, a swastika or, you know, that's like the KKK. We gotta, we gotta help him out. Do you think if it were Donald Trump with a young Eric Trump and he had a Redskins cap? Oh, there's the unphotoshopped one. I don't like that one. Fine. I find it's wrong uh, with you. Chilling. I find it's that chilling. <laughs> that's the, the, and, so, and well, between that and Photoshop is also, you can put stuff in, of course, isn't that what Chaim Bloom did in his room when he oh, suddenly yes. had <laughs> Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and, uh, he had like a poster of a picture of, you know, Kalia Stramsky and he put next to it, photoshopped in a picture of Martin Luther King. Yep. <laughs> because, you know, Black Lives Matter to the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> they have the biggest banner in the league. It's They have it emblazoned in bigger letters than any other team. But what a year. it's funny Crazy. that, uh, that uh, they, they're protecting Joe Biden from anybody thinking his three-year-old son was a racist. So they take uh, they take the damn uh, logo out of the picture. And you know what? You know, and you're right. Is that they could be reporting on him? Usually, the the pool, the traveling pool that's with the candidate, is reporting on him, scrutinizing him. Ideally, with Hillary, they didn't, of course, because they would she would visit them in the back of the plane and they'd swoon over her, you know. And she would say, "Nice hat, Matt," to one of the reporters, and he'd say, "Oh, thanks so much. It's new." And she's and. <laughs> And it was a love fest. And with, with Obama, you know, Matt Taibbi has reported that when he was on the press. I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to the Perfect Scam podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it playing with Obama, everybody got pictures with him and they would hang them in the back in the press section. Their pictures with the candidate, you know, because they they obviously loved him. Um, but you know, they, over the weekend, Biden in that church in Kenosha, you know, he talked about his work with on civil rights. He said, even as a young man, as a teenager, I was working to desegregate a movie theater and I was marching and I was in the streets, you know, even as a young man in the 60s. And he's had to, in 1987, Joe Biden had to apologize for making those same false claims about marching in the streets, about protesting for civil rights in the in 1987. And there's tape of it of him saying, so no, I wasn't actually out there demonstrating, no. But I mean, I had, I worked at as a lifeguard at an all black pool. So I got a shock of the realities of their lives. But no, I wasn't desegregating things. Now he's doing it again. He's doing it again. And none of these, nobody's reporting on it. There's so much audio, video of him uh, saying things that, you know, other we, people would find offensive. Hell, he says the N-word on tape on the on the House or the Senate floor. Uh, I've seen the audio. Um, there's all this audio and video of him talking about his college career, like how he played football at Delaware. He just totally made up. He didn't even go there. How he finished at the top of his class at, you know, Syracuse Lock. And, and even the 
even the you know Democrat operatives in the media had to admit he made it up. There's a long list of that yeah, stuff. Terry, that's just lying, and he's got a problem with that. We all know it. But this is pandering. In 2020, you know, right after the shooting of a black man to the in, the, in a in a racist atmosphere, pandering to a group of black people making up a history as if he's a fellow traveler when he's absolutely not totally pandering using this situation to to his own advantage and it's crazy he told the same group of, of black people in this church that thomas edison didn't invent the light bulb that's right it's a black guy yeah that's I think craziness it, that the media didn't say what the f is going on here with this guy we should get to the bottom of this and see why the hell he's coming up with this because this seems like it's very condescending and pandering and patronizing to a group of people in this room here that he's making up whole cloth history and now assigning white achievements, recategorizing the uh, black achievements. This is, cr it's insanity. It should be on. I think, I think it was a little bit much. Again, they just go too far when he said it wasn't Thomas Edison who invented the light bulb. It was Lil Wayne. I thought that yes. was a little, a little bit much. Again, trying, <laughs> trying too hard. Uh, and but, but think of this: if this were forget Trump, think of this were Bush or Romney or McCain, who said one day on record, I saw it. He was on with that guy who's, who's uh, paralyzed and he has that voice yes. uh, simulator, and he asked him about defunding the police, and he said yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And a week later, he said, I never said to defund the police. He says he would uh, implement a mask mandate nationally. Three days later said, oh, I never said I, would I, I wouldn't do that. I mean, he could say and do whatever he wants. He knows they will be there to cover for him just as they were uh, last weekend with the Atlantic. It, but it is, I mean, there are other uh, avenues out there for people to see things, learn things. I, even though you got big tech uh, censoring a lot of it, you could see Biden say, yeah, defund the police. You could see Biden say, "Yes, I would shut the country down." And then three days later, after the polls come in, he says, well, "I would, I can't, I wouldn't shut the country down." Right now, now he's saying because you know he's he's in you know the middle of the country, he's saying, "No, no, no, I never said I would ban fracking. Never said I was ban frac fracking." But right, just right, two months right. ago, would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated and no more subsidies for either one of those. Make sure it's eliminated. Make sure it's eliminated. No, we would work it out. I guess he means phase it out or whatever. Right. But as usual, as as always, it's inarticulate. But, you know, and then whatever. Last week saying I never said I would ban fracking. <laughs> he, it is. It, you know, that is Democrat privilege. You can flip flop on a daily basis and they will be there to have your back. Hell, they fact check that. You know, Washington Post fact checks that, and they say, "Yeah, mostly true." He won't ban fracking. <laughs> <laughs> they just sit there and serve their their guy, their candidate. Oh yeah, uh, and have you seen the guy on CNN, Daniel Dan, Daniel Dane? Yeah, yeah, yes. Who's like a stelter? He's a little wafy guy, and he <laughs> said, "Well, he he said twenty one things already that were that were uh, completely untrue." He's a he's a, a congenital liar. He's a congenital liar. And then he goes, he goes to essentially refute everything Trump says. He refutes it. He says things like, oh, yeah, that, I mean, that's fine. Trump said that Biden was for the, uh, was for the war in Iraq, but Trump too supported the war in Iraq. That's not fact checking. That's rebutting. That's adding, you know, that's to the conversation. They, that's what they're there for. They're there to. Right. But also, you know, a senator appropriating money for the war in Iraq versus a real estate guy saying he's for the war are two very different things. 
but he's the fact checker, you know, and Anderson Cooper will very stoically and seriously throw to him and say, let's just bring in our fact checker. This seems concerning to me. So you handle it, Daniel Dane. And there he goes. And it's just propagandizing. All right. Well, we, uh, I know you're not a sports guy, Shattuck, but you're going to, I'm going to give you a chance to make your case again. You think Colin Kaepernick's a hall of famer Mm -hmm. and there's more Colin Kaepernick news. I mean, the guy never steps foot on a field, never steps foot in front of a microphone. Somehow he just becomes a a bigger and bigger star in, uh, in the sports world. We'll tell you what happened yesterday with Kaepernick and the uh, Rochester Police Department, you know, under fire because there's been uh, some rioting and looting. And there was a, uh, an incident uh, with a uh, black suspect um, there. They quit the Rochester, the, the Rochester Police Department. They all quit. We'll play that announcement. It's actually the command staff that quit. But uh, Black Lives Matter has succeeded in running dozens of black police officers, not police officers, police chiefs off the job, getting them fired, getting them to quit. So, uh, because you know, black lives matter, but we'll get to that after I tell you about shake concrete, shake concrete, as you know, is a great company, a fourth generation owned and operated business. That's working hard day in and day out to be a trusted precast concrete partner. They're a local company, but they're all over new England. They got four state of the art facilities and they're all hiring. They're doing great. Business is booming. If you're a contractor, you probably knew this already, but let me tell, me tell you some of the products Shake can deliver to your job site ready for installation. Water and wastewater products, barriers and bullards, stairs and bulkheads, deck footings, electrical and communication products. The list goes on and on. The guys at Shake can do it all. And even better, if you're an engineer, they can help design your next product. You need help, and these guys can help you out. Give them a call for more information or for an estimate, or just log on to shakeconcrete.com where you can also... Apply for a job. If you're a CDL driver or you're a, uh, a laborer, you might want to check this out. There's a great company to work for. And you can also listen to the Precast podcast. When you're done with this one, you can check out the best podcast in the Precast business, and you can learn all about the Precast business, all that at shakeconcrete.com. All right, before we get to, before we get to Kaepernick, um, this was like a – not a big major story. It was just like in passing. I was watching, I don't know what Fox news probably, or maybe I was sorry on Twitter, <clears throat> Rochester police department, command staff, including the chief, they all quit. They just quit. They said, we're done here. The announcement was made by whom, who makes this announcement? Shattuck? This is uh mayor. Lovely Warren, mayor, lovely mayor, lovely Warren makes an announcement. They, you know, she talks about, uh, you know, street, street closings for the filling in potholes. And then she mentions the library hours and she mentions uh, what the school lunch will be this week. You know, that today I believe is uh, Salisbury steak <laughs> and scrambled Hamburg tomorrow. She met, she went through all that. Uh, she went through um, uh, maybe uh, street lights, which street lights are going to be repaired this week. And then finally she gets to the last order of business, not a big deal, but uh, she, she mentions it. Um, I do want to, inform you that the entire Rochester Police Department command has announced their retirement. Oh, well, just a bit of housekeeping at the very end. The entire command staff has announced their retirement. And I saw, um, you know, the picture, the photos of some of them. You know, these are, in fact, most of the chiefs who've quit or been fired around the country since, you know, the country was taken over by Black Lives Matter and Antifa have been black and or women, you know, these are, mm-hmm. these are 
people who've achieved, who've become the top of their profession, like the the, the chief in Seattle. She was, uh, she, I thought she handled herself great through all the rioting, through the chop zone when the mayor was ordering her not to arrest people. Well, when the city council took their vote in Seattle for the uh, to fund the police, uh, they ordered they they cut her pay by a hundred grand. She was making two eighty, which sounds like a lot, but that is one tough job. Uh, they cut her pay and they told her to lay off one hundred officers, mostly black. Um, and she said, "No, I can't do that. I just hired these people. They were they were new recruits, and she wanted they told her to lay them all off because we don't need cops anymore." And she said, "No, I won't do that." And she quit. So black, a bunch of white liberals forced a right. black woman, forced forced a black woman to uh, either quit or fire a bunch of black police officers. Yes, after cutting her salary to uh, so it was less than her predecessor, a white man. Oh right, right you know, right. which <laughs> seems like it's against the spirit of where we're supposed to be going in 2020. But yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised at all if if William Gross said, "Screw this, I'm out of here." I mean, it's quieted down a little bit in Boston, but they've had enough. I mean, these guys, these black police officers and chief in in chiefs and the guys in management, they've just take taken it again and again and again. Now they've completely abandoned these DAs. Now are working against them constantly and belittling them constantly. That um, lovely Warren last week, uh, she was totally, totally throwing the cops under the bus. It was a failure of the police. I apologize on behalf of the police. You know, she she apologized for herself, too. She said, but I have to take responsibility, too, because if I didn't, I wouldn't be the woman I am now. And that was the, as much, you know, responsibility as she took. But I mean, who uh, the hell is going to Rochester? Who would go there tonight, you know, to get a bite out in Rochester, New York, which used to be kind of a nicer place, I think. It's going to get worse. Again, there's just so many triggers coming. I know summer will end and, you know, the weather will maybe <clears throat> keep people inside eventually. But before that, you're going to have kind of an important election. And if Trump wins, you know, there'll be a whole new round of uh, looting and rioting and civil unrest. If um, there's a vaccine, <laughs> Democrats don't want that. They don't want to vac- don't want to save lives. I mean, there's just going to be so many triggers. What happens if <clears throat> Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, retires <laughs> and Trump appoints her successor? He's already, I think today or tomorrow, he's releasing a list of Names would be potentially yeah. a short list, including Amy uh, Conan Barrett or whatever. Yeah. Amy Barrett. Uh, she's uh, the, the Catholic woman with seven kids who they're going to have trouble making her out to be a uh, racist, sexist. You think uh, they are? Predator. They're well, not going to try. Trouble. They're going to try, but uh, they're not going to have trouble. They're going to do it easy. Easy. Uh, it's going to be wild. Up. They're going to say that she said something racist in college or high school or something in 1979, and and the allegation is all it's going to take, and they're going to try to destroy her on the stand. And the only thing she's got is Donald Trump, who, like nobody else in history could have ever done, stood up for Kavanaugh and said, screw you, when they were putting, putting sticking it to him. So, yeah, and now you have all these think pieces written all over D.C. now that are saying, this is what's going to happen if the election happens and Trump wins or it's close and Trump wins or, or Trump just barely loses, then there will be unrest in the streets and there will be a revolution and uh, this will continue and there will be destruction everywhere. The only way they saying the only way that, that we can have a peaceful transition and that the streets get uh, quelled is if Biden wins big. 
which is their way of saying right. you better for that's evil. The only or- scenario where the election will be decided, uh, and like that's a warning. Day. Yes, and and the I- only way there will not be if so. If you don't want your right. city to burn, vote Biden. Right. I'm looking. I'm looking at the Dale Arnold text line here, and the guy writes, "Ah, like Democrats, you really don't think that, you really think Democrats don't want the vaccine? Of course they don't. You, you vaccine in October would be a huge deal. It would be a game changer." The race is close by any accounting. I mean, obviously, the polls were wrong last time, and the polls are will be wrong again. So if it's close, I give that edge to Trump because most Trump voters, most Trump supporters don't have any time or, or mm-hmm. patience for, for polls, pollsters. But, of course, they don't. You really think Joe Biden or, you know, hardcore Democrats like, you know, Jeff Zucker or, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Bezos, you think they want a vaccine in October? Of course they don't. They no, they fine with it in December, but they, they would sacrifice granny in a heartbeat if it meant getting rid of Trump. So no, they do well, not. Yes. If you're suggesting they would want a vaccine is also to suggest that they actually believe that the virus is harmful, which they don't <laughs> because then they would be, you know, condemning huge riots in the streets. But no, everything. The only thing that spread anything in the last six weeks is Sturgis. Sturgis apparently, you know, with the the white Trump bikers, apparently was the only super spreader event. I've no, saw a story about this where you know Sturgis created whatever it is, nineteen percent of the infections in the country because of this bike rally in South Dakota. Yes. How did that create? How was that a spreader, super spreader? But a Black Lives Matter rally in in Brooklyn that had. How many was it? A hundred thousand people jammed yes. the street. How was that? I mean, does it? What's the difference? What's the difference? I don't know. Trump voters are just are very contagious. I, they just get the disease and they just pass it around. I don't know. It's remarkable that that's happened in this way. But you know, Kamala Harris has already said. Sorry, Kamala. I don't want you to uh, call me racist again, Jerry. Kamala Harris has already said that she's not going to take the vaccine if if it's the Trump vaccine. Yeah, that was nobody. Nobody should believe in it and take it if if it's uh, if it comes out when under Trump's watch. So they've already it added out, for this. But if it comes out clearly, you know, Fauci will be there, Burks will be there, and all you know, Scott Atlas. There'll be scientists, as Biden likes to say, trust the scientists. Well, the scientists, I'm going to guess, will play a small part in this. I, I mean, I know Trump will be in the bathroom outside the Oval Office, you know, the old Clinton bath. And he'll have his test tubes and he'll have his, uh, you know, chemicals and he'll be mixing the vaccine. He I think it'll be him and Eric and uh, Dan Scavino. Yes. And uh, maybe Hannity. Hannity will be back there and they'll whip up a vaccine and I'm sure it'll work. But I'm going to guess that Fauci and Burks and some other scientists will sign off on it. And, and Kamala says, I don't t- I won't take it because I don't trust Trump. What the hell? Honestly. Trump is not really involved in creating the vaccine. Right. Yeah, the lady, you know, so the Russians say they have one right now that's just about ready. And there is a, a study that came out, which is, it's small in scale, but it's a it's a fairly reputable study. Um, but nobody believes, or, you know, people have trouble believing something that, that Putin's uh, hyping. But Pfizer is the second closest one, and they expect that they'll have one in early October. Um, they're on the road to having it anyway. And Pfizer is a company. They're out of like Switzerland or something. They're not. They're not. You know. They're not beholden to Donald Trump. So there's probably going to be something out before the election. And you, you're right. They will make the coordinated attempt, uh, Biden and the media, 
probably to um, show that the process was corrupted or something, but it'll be coordinated just like this last, just like this last thing with the Trump hates all the it's, troops. It's going to be, it's going to be wild. That, and by the way, as I predicted, he's going to pull the troops out of not just Afghanistan, but Iraq in most of them out by election day, which will be huge. Nobody is against that except for, you know, Biden and Harris and, and uh, you know, CNN and uh, Raytheon, everybody else thinks it's a wonderful thing. It'll be a great visual. He'll have cameras or, you know, they'll Fox news will have cameras at, you know, Dover and they'll be coming home and hugging their families and it'll, and they'll be thanking Donald Trump. It'll be great boost for Trump getting the right. word out will be tough, but it'll be a great visual. And for what he just said a couple of days ago, he said, you know, I have no problem with it, with the soldiers. They love me and I love them. It's the generals who are there who are going to get gigs, essentially, at Raytheon as consulting, whatever. It's, in other words, it's the military industrial complex and that relationship. He said, those people hate me because he wants to end wars. And that's he's exactly where Cindy Sheehan was. That's Michael Moore. That's Oliver <laughs> Stone. That's I mean, the left should love him saying that. He's pushing back against these these companies, you know, Boeing, these companies that make machines of war. This is their own playbook. This is their very DNA. But no, 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 no. It's it, it's divisive, and these are men. I, I, that'll be a great day when they show the troops all coming over from Afghanistan, and the Democrats will say, "Oh, I don't know. I think that that village they're suddenly they're not going to let the girls go to school again because you know we're not there." And they were supposed to build a, a, a wastewater plant, and you're going, "What?" There are you the U.S. military is building you know infrastructure in Afghanistan. Why? People don't want to. Our guys there. It's like ninety percent don't want to be there. Even military guys. You've heard we talked about it with Robert O'Neill. They don't want to be there. It's 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 madness that we're still there twenty years. You know, nine eleven was nineteen years ago, and we're still there. We should have been there for for nine weeks, ten weeks. You know, blown up a few Al Qaeda training camps and. Got the hell out of there. But yeah. anyway, finally, finally, it took Trump to get us out of there. And, and he's going to do it before Election Day. And it's going to be wonderful. All right. Today's episode brought to you by BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com. I told you about it last week. I'm going to tell you about it again because I love it. Uh, and I've never been to a therapist before. And this was exactly what I needed during these times. I told you. Two kids, two working parents, no daycares, stress through the roof, work. Uh, this is exactly what I needed to deal with all the stress that I was going through in my life. And I got matched with a rock star of a counselor, just an absolute rock star. And there's counselors all over the globe. But I went to betterhelp.com. I told them exactly what I was going through. And they matched me with somebody that fit my needs perfectly, all from the comfort of of my home. I do it right from my couch and I talk to my therapist and I love it. And my therapist gets, I, I'll message my therapist and they'll get right back to me, which is awesome. So uh, it's a great service. You should go check it out. Uh, if you're dealing with whether it's depression, anxiety, stress like me, relationship, uh, anything, you name it, you go there and they're going to match you with a licensed therapist. It's professional counseling on your time from your home. You don't have to sit in a waiting room. Uh, it's, it's perfect. It fits every category that I was looking for when I thought about seeking help uh, for all the stress that I'm going through in my life. So uh, everything you share is confidential. Clearly, it's convenient, it's professional, it's affordable. Uh, so go to it, betterhelp.com. And guess what? We got a deal for you. You know we do. Betterhelp.com slash Callahan. If you go to betterhelp.com slash Callahan, you are going to get 10% off your first month. 
by going to betterhelp.com slash Callahan. Because that's what we do here. We give you a deal. So I can't recommend it enough. I love it. I love my counselor uh, helping me through what is an insanely stressful time for myself. I'm sure many of you are dealing with the same thing. So go to betterhelp.com slash Callahan and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Callahan. All right, let's get to your guy, Kaepernick. Yesterday we learned Kaepernick is, is making a return to Madden. Madden 21 has him ranked uh, in, uh, you know, the, the, whatever. They get points or whatever you go. Madden score. What do you call it, Colin? He is the, the uh, top-ranked court free agent quarterback in the game. He's at a, he's a 81. <laughs> at 81, he's ahead of a bunch of guys like Kyler Murray and yes. a bunch of uh, decent Jared Goff, decent quarterbacks. And the best part is if, if he's on your team, <clears throat> excuse me, and he scores – he does a Black Lives Matter fist salute. Uh, <laughs> God. It's, I mean, yeah. it, it will never end. He will never play. He will never say he wants to play. He will never, you know, actually try out or go in for a three-day workout with some team that needs a quarterback. He'll just sit back and let the media slobber all over him. And uh, I guess people will, I don't know, draft him. Uh, what do you do for Madden if you want him on your team? Uh, you can pick him up as a free agent. Uh, a free agent. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, which is do you think he demanded that as his celebration? Like, if he was, do you think he had a say? And if 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 he's I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, I mean, they must show him taking a knee at some point. But uh, just to review, but before uh, you know, before he quit uh, football, he lost his job to Blaine Gabbert at one point. Uh, in his last twenty games, he was three and seventeen, and a QB rating was under fifty. His last. 11 games, he was 1-10. and 10. He's a career, I believe, 28-32. He's a loser, and everybody knows it. Everybody knows he's just a creation of uh, the media that, you know, talks about, oh, he went to a Super Bowl. Yeah, he did. And then, you know what? He lost interest. Um, so, uh, and he's smart enough to know that he doesn't want to come back and remove all doubt. He needs there to be doubt. He's only 32 but it's been a while since he played. And if he comes back and he stinks, then the debate is over. If he never comes back, the debate lasts forever. Will he, will he, uh, was he blackballed? Did they deprive him of a, uh, a future hall of famer of a great career of his best years? He was 28 and 30 in his career. So a losing record in his career. Um, can, he, can he make the Hall of Fame just purely by having the same rating as Ben Roethlisberger in a video game? <laughs> That's right. Yes, the same uh, rating as Ben Roethlisberger. But um, what makes what makes you think he's a Hall of Famer? Uh, remind me again, Shadow. First of all, he was um, usurped by a white man, Blaine Gabbard. Second of all, there is a public health crisis in the country and in the NFL, and he addressed that essentially. He's uh, he essentially he's the Doctor Jonas Salk of oh. the. Of the of the NFL because he finally brought you he allowed you to finally see the problem he put you in an uncomfortable spaces Jerry where you had to finally see him and hear him and address the issue of ongoing uh, systemic racism the daily slaughter of black men by white law enforcement in white systems and he brought us to this point where finally we right. it's an we're epidemic all, right epidemic yes. <clears throat> that's yeah. that's exactly right. And so he it was uncomfortable for you, but he made you finally reconcile with your past and your culpability in this and the entire NFL, which has had team owners, still has team owners, by the way, which is problematic, unlike the NBA, which doesn't have owners anymore. Um, and so, yes, he's 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 responsible for the 2020 enlightenment. 
where you find this is another one of those things that um, where I'm glad I'm not on the radio. As I said, if I didn't get fired a year ago, I'd have been fired (laughs) 10 times since then. Yes. And they're not, you're not allowed to tell the truth about Colin Kaepernick. It is amazing. This is a man who we know who has uh, disparaged law enforcement. He, He wore the pig socks. He said, cops today are no different than the guys who hunted down runaway slaves, you know, 200 years ago. Uh, he praises Joanne Chesimard, uh, Asata Shakur. She changed her name. She's honored among the radical lefts. He praises her. He wishes her happy birthday. She assassinated a police officer uh, and escaped to Cuba. I mean, that guy that I just described, you would say it at best, is polarizing, correct? You are not allowed to criticize Colin Kaepernick. What he did was wonderful. The fact that he hates cops and calls them pigs, Keep that under your hat. If you there's like literally, you couldn't go on ESPN if they invited me on for for a round table or round put me on around the horn, and I brought up the fact that he hates cops, that he thinks Cuba is better than the United States. They would edit that out. If I said that on my old radio station, these program director would come running in and say, "You can't say that." It is so bizarre to me. It's so un-American. We're not allowed to even criticize a man who is as polarizing, intentionally polarizing, because he hates the police, he hates this country, not a big fan of, of, of white people in general. That guy is treated like Martin Luther King. He's treated like you know Mother Teresa. You cannot criticize him. It's incredible. But I'm just going to go on and say, you're right, Shattuck. He's a Hall of Famer because I, you know, hell, look at those numbers. One in <laughs> ten. I mean, what a career! If, if it were the NFL Hall of Fame, he'd be in next year. You know, like they. But because it's the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I think there's a little bit of a. I don't. I don't know. Is there an honorary award that you can win in the Pro Football? Yeah, Hall there of must it? be. Sure. There, yeah. there must is that be not in like Canton? That. Is that something different? No, that's Canton. OJ no, Simpson's in there. I posed with OJ Simpson's uh, bust. It's the one also guy, set up by police. It's the one of the one bus that everyone goes to. As soon as you walk in, yeah. you can look for you know you look for the guys that you you know idolize as a kid and all that. I'm in there I'm looking for Mike Haynes and and uh, and uh, John Hanna. But then ooh, there's OJ, and that's where the crowd is, and everyone's posing for selfies with OJ. Um, but I think is Cap- the guy who dragged his girlfriend out of the elevator by the hair is he? Ray Rice, he's not a Hall of Famer. No, you got to you got to you got to keep up. Uh, I think there's still time for him. Still time <laughs> for him, he never got another chance. He never got another chance. We should visit his family and see if oh, they're although, really- although Kareem Hunt, Conan, just yeah. signed a new contract. New year Kareem, deal, right? Kareem Hunt's now making seven million a year. A guy who also terrorized his uh, his girlfriend uh, in in a very public way i mean he sounds like a worse guy than ray rice but he not only got another chance but he got a a big new big fat new contract but i'm going to go on the record saying the nfl should retire the number seven you know major league baseball retired 42 from Mm -hmm. jackie robinson every uh, ben roethlisberger should have to give it back so you can't have that number that number is retired to honor saint colin kaepernick who we all know as uh, doing God's work. Is yeah, well, I think fighting, seven should be. I think seven should be retired from the numeric system. I think. <laughs> I, mean, uh, it, I think. I think John Elway, the op- opening day of the season, should take off his Elway jersey and become seventy-seven, a la Ooh. Ray Bork, maybe. <laughs> you know what's uh, amazing? Tomorrow, tomorrow we have football. I'm. I'm. I'm I don't want to say. I don't want to sound like one of these geeks, but real football. We get to watch Patrick Mahomes, the most entertaining guy in the league, tomorrow night. Quick question. Let's go around the room. Sunday. I feel like I'm back on sports radio. Quick question. 
you have you can this is my my old partner John Dennis did this all the time. You can only watch one. You have you can only watch one. Patriots Dolphins or Bucks Saints. They they're back to back. Patriots are one o'clock. We get to watch them both. Bucks Saints at four. But if you can only watch one, Colin, which would it be? Uh, it's not even a question. It's the Bucks. It's not even a. It's not even a question. I do not disagree. You that is the correct answer. You know why? Because and I'm looking forward to watching Cam Newton play. But the Dolphins with Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, I feel like I've seen that movie a thousand times. Patriots will win. Patriots are home. But the Bucs, uh, uh, Tom Brady's an underdog for the first time in 74 games in five years. He's an, an underdog going into New Orleans. They're both going to kneel before the game. It's going to be very emotional. And then we'll see. We'll see if Tom Brady has still got it. I think that's the big question for everybody, and I, I look forward to like seven hours of football on mm-hmm. Sunday. Well, I'm, the most, I'm the most legitimate football fan, I think, here on this in this show. So I'm going to say, and I've made up this term, I'm going to watch a squish the fish, Jerry, um, <laughs> which I've made up. And uh, so I want to see, I want to see the Patriots because I want to see what Belichick can do because he's the he's the guy, right? Yeah, he, you know, he wears a hood, Jerry, and he's very mysterious and enigmatic. And um, there's something called the Patriot way, which is a more ethical way to run a football team. I'm all in. I'm gonna, I would. I would. Run it, it does end. It does end the debate, don't you think? Because I think if you polled uh, every New England Patriots fan, they would say the same thing. Hopefully, they would say the same thing I said, which is I'm watching Tom Brady over the Patriots. However, Bill Belichick is just as motivated to win without right. Tom Brady as Tom Brady is without Bill Belichick. So it should be. But, it should be a toss-up. But Brady's not interesting. He's not interesting, and you know he's obviously lost a step. What are we going to just watch him yell at his O line all day? Yes, you know. Yes. Belichick's at least interesting, and to you know, let's see um, Josh McDaniels. How is Tom Brady Brady not interesting? He's the oldest player in the league. He's still playing. How old is he? Like, there's a lot of uh, interest. He's still the face of the league. I think it's a pretty interesting story. He wanted to get away from Belichick. He did. He went somewhere and then brought Gronkowski with him, and now he's got all kinds of weapons, as good of weapons as anyone in the league. It's going to – are you kidding me? That's very interesting to yeah. see if he can still do it at 43. And um, I think he's going to do it for about half a season, and then he's going to start wearing down, and Belichick's going to look smart again. Unfortunately, even Tom can't do it forever. Even Tom is going to feel the effects of, of old age. It's not going to happen Sunday. Sunday he'll be great, I predict. But, hey, so is, is Brady going to wear a phrase on his jersey? Is that – do they all get to wear phrases um, at the end? Um, actually, they get to wear names of victims of police brutality. <laughs> so, and, um, I, I know we talked about this last week, but uh, are we? Uh, is it still uh, all systems go for my guy, uh, Tyler Eifert, who wants to wear the name of David Dorn, who's obviously not a victim of police brutality. He's a victim of this uh, war against the cops, this disrespect of the cops fueled by these, you know, Antifa there's no cops. way they can let him do that. Cause that guy was a cop. You know, That's a good point. He was a black thing. cop uh, and he was murdered in cold blood, protecting his friend's pawn shop. But Tyler Eifert, God bless his soul. I love Tyler Eifert says he wants to wear that name and I don't see how you could stop him. Uh, but you're uh, allowed to wear a name of a victim of police brutality on the white part of the back of your helmet. And I think most guys, if I had to guess, it will be Brianna Taylor will be the number one name back there. Uh, I mean, even idiot, stupid NFL players who aren't really paying attention to the news are not going to put Jacob Blake's name on there, are they? Maybe George Floyd will be a popular one too, but Jacob Blake? 
Yeah. I, well, I mean, I think Floyd's got to be the one. But Bri- Brianna Taylor, there's a lot of moving parts to that that case. It's not a straight up. But then again, you know, there was there's a lot of moving parts to the Michael Brown case, and that now his the story, his story is is you know completely been uh, whitewashed and changed and. You know, they actually they used to throw Trayvon Martin in there, and he didn't get killed by a cop. But he's you know one of the founding pillars of this movement. So you I know, mean, it's, it's a good point. The uh, you know Michael Brown is still mentioned, and you know like dumb people that don't pay attention still think he's like a victim of police brutality, and they lump him in there with Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, which is ridiculous. But um, I don't think you'll see. I, I mean, I think it'll be more current, more contemporary, where you you'd see more. Brianna Taylor's and George Floyd's back there, and David Dorn for the lowly uh, Jacksonville Jaguars will be one name. I, I don't see how you could stop him. Would someone in the league say no? You can't put his name on there because he was a cop. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's like Drew Brees, you know, giving props to veterans. That's a good. The day point. is not doesn't belong to law enforcement or the military. The day belongs to Black Lives, and that guy doesn't count as a Black Life because a Black Life <laughs> and Black Lives Matter is a life taken by cops or a racist system. All right, I wanted to get into a couple more things, but uh, we're running out of time here. Did you see what the uh, Oscars, the Academy, announced yesterday? I mean, this is, you can't make this up. The Academy, I'm looking at the LA Times right now, says they're going to have new standards in 2024. Um, and films, in order to qualify for an Academy Award and Oscar, you have to have uh, diversity and inclusion um, in order to qualify. And as I pointed out, I mean, which is bizarre, you're going to watch a movie and if it doesn't have, it says... <laughs> This is unbelievable. Uh, each category, uh, there'll be a re- variety of criteria involving the inclusion of people in underrepresented groups, including women, people of color, LGBTQ plus people, right. and, those, and those with cognitive or physical disabilities. <laughs> so you, in order to qualify, you have to be in, uh, so like, a, as I pointed out, Braveheart. You know, Braveheart doesn't have any people of color. It's in Scotland in, you know, 1300. And unfortunately, there's no people of color. There's, I guess there's some disabled because some guys have their arms chopped off in right. these fights. And there is a couple of uh, LBGTQ plus people. The uh, Longshank's son, as you know, a big part of the movie, is gay. And his lover, who is uh, trained in the art of war, of course, Longshanks throws him out a window, right. so that might, that might kind of ruin that. That's the best movie ever made. That won the Oscar. That still would qualify because they do have LBGTQ people, although no people of color. No. Yeah, there's not enough. But the big problem is is that this also requires the crew to be extremely diverse. So in order to get people who are trained to be key grips and sound technicians and these other uh, video technicians and and cinematography assistants, these people with skills where you actually have to go and learn these skills and how to operate different kinds of machinery, the chances of you ever cobbling together a, a, a crew that's got all this diverse set of skills is very, very small. That means that the, 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 the uh, movie that wins the Oscar is going to be the movie that managed to get together the key grips who are diverse. It's going to be about the crews. So you may have never heard the movie. The movie might suck, but well, what, as what long as the- think, what's, what's your favorite movie of all time? And, and I want to know if it would qualify under these new rules. I'll give it to Goodfellas. 
Goodfellas, how many people of color in Goodfellas? There are no, there are no people from yeah. LGBTQ, uh, none. Goodfellas is out. So you, you knew something like this was going to happen. I'm actually shocked it took this long because when was when did the Oscars so white thing pull up? That's got to be now. Uh, that was last year, and and no, that was way long. That was that was a long time ago. That was last year, I believe, 2000. No, it, it's going on every year, but it was it was like seven years ago, I think. Yeah, originally. the first one was like seven oh, years ago. Year. And up. remember, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has no or very few uh, people of color. Do they have any? I can't remember. But, uh, you know, the Manson family, as we all know, was very diverse, and they didn't uh, portray that correctly in the movie. Um, well, Manson was actually, no. Manson wrote anti-police sentiments in blood on the wall. Oh, that's a good point. Called pigs. Them pigs. Yes. Which, you know, let's be honest. That's, that was, he was ahead of his time. Yes. So give him credit. He hated the cops. So yeah, that movie would qualify. So maybe you can stretch it and make everything qualify. But I think Goodfellas is out. Godfather's out. Those can't win awards. They're just not diverse or inclusive enough. It's not till 2024, which is bizarre. Like, so next year you could have a movie that's all white guys, you know, like uh, like some of Tar- <laughs> Tarantino's movies are often lots of white guys, like uh, you know, Inglorious Bastards, mostly white guys. How about Saving Private Ryan? Mostly white guys, not a lot of people of color, not a lot of yeah. If, if you're gonna do, you're gonna have to jam in some of the war movies right now in the next few years. It's uh, somebody mentioned that in that uh, it was the war movie last year, which was great. Nineteen. 19- uh, 17. Right. Great, great movie. There was not a lot of inclusion or diversity in that movie. Uh, and that won some awards. It should have. It was great. But uh, we'll see how they do going forward. I'm just glad we are diverse. We have we have husky Americans like Tom Shattuck. We have uh, people with brain damage like like Dave <laughs> Rep- well represented. And, and uh, uh, we appreciate that. But uh, all right, Shattuck, thanks. Good job. That's Tom Shattuck. He is the uh, host of the Burn Barrel podcast, an editor at the Lowell Sun, and an all-around uh, media critic. Jerry, before we go, very quickly, quick prediction. Two days from now is September 11th, the day um, where we celebrate the lack of um, human understanding. <laughs> lack of I guarantee you. embracing the... Uh... The Muhammad Atas, we didn't fully embrace them. <laughs> Look for something to be ridiculously politicized. I know it's not a bold prediction, but we're going to bastardize this day this year more than we ever believed we ever would. Well, that's true. They tried to, Cuomo tried to stop them from uh, doing the annual memorial where they shoot those laser beams into the sky and mm-hmm. where the towers were and uh, read all the names. And he said, no, it's not safe. I mean, this was a couple of days after there was right. a Black Lives Matter rally with like 50,000 people. But there was an uprising led by Janice Dean, the great Janice Dean. And they forced uh, a few other powerful people got involved and they forced Cuomo to concede. Cuomo is under the gun right now, man. The restaurateurs are revolting. People are just sick of it. Everyone's bailing out of the city. Half the apartments are going unrented. Because there's great uh, a great exodus from uh, from New York City right now, but they're going to do it. I believe they're going to do that annual memorial, but you know without any crowds because it would just be too dangerous. Uh, but you're right. I agree with you. I don't disagree. There'll be some virtue signaling asshole who will uh, who will say that whatever we we should have whatever shouldn't have uh, provoked them. You know we shouldn't have provoked them. 
and uh, it'll play right into Trump's hands as it normally does when you have these crazy anti-American haters out there. But we will see. That's two days away, two days away till 9-11, one day away till the start of the NFL season and whatever it is, four days, three days away from uh, Tom Brady going against Drew Brees and overshadowing his former team. But football's back. And uh, by the way, did you see the testing? The testing, the NFL tested 14,000 people. I don't know how that works. Multiple tests for players, and they test front office, and they test trainers and ball boys. One positive test. One. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is the, and what you know, was the, uh, didn't the NHL again? 30,000 tests, zero. 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 Yeah. The jig is up. How about the uh, college football? I believe they had more than that, and they had a bunch of positive test students. Zero hospitalizations. So they have positive tests, but it's just kids, you know, 19-year-old kids. They say, go to your room and stay there for a couple of days and quarantine and come back. The way we always knew they could do it. It is people are finally coming to the realization that it is not a threat for certain segments of society. And uh, the NFL is uh, ready to kick off and nobody is afraid of some like people keeling over and dying on the field. Um, it, they're hoping, they're hoping, obviously the Corona bros and the, and the media are hoping it's a disastrous uh, experiment in human sacrifice, as they called it when Georgia opened. It is not, <laughs> it'll go fine. There'll be some guys who test positive. They'll sit out for a week and they'll come back and they'll be fine. That's the way it works with young, healthy people. Anyway. All right. We got your prediction on record Shattuck. Thanks. Good job. Um, yep. And thanks to uh, Shake Concrete and Allied Paving. Thanks to DCU and thanks to Raycon. Anyone else, Cullinane? Better help, flagship, all the good ones. Support our sponsors and rate us on Apple Podcasts and rate the Burn Barrel too. Thank you. Right. Yeah, so we- rate the Burn Barrel. Give them five stars. Five. Give them five stars. But, all right. Good job, Cullinane. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we will do it again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. What you doing? Trying on glasses with Zenny's 3D Virtual Try-On. Wait, are those the actual prices? I say get all of them. Seriously, why not, right? Oh, now I want new glasses. Zenny.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95. And we're back with breaking news. The new Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. With an improved taste and zero calories, make sure... Jim. Ooh, yes. This tastes like the best Coke ever to me. We're on the air. I need to try it first. Con cero azúcar y ahora mucho más rica. ¿Será que la nueva Coca-Cola Zero Sugar es la mejor de todas? ¡Descúbrela! New Hot and Iced Sunrise Batch Coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or... Rehung? Enjoy a medium, hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply.